0: Welcome to the Startups and Downs podcast, where we discuss the highs and lows of running a business with a creative mind. Creative marketing ideas are few and far between. We mean, unless you want to read up on an article telling you to create content and write an ebook, yawn. <laughs> we know all of this stuff, but we want real creative marketing ideas. You want impressionable marketing strategies that will actually pack a punch. And as a startup, you don't have wads of cash to splash around willy nilly. To try something more than just posting on Instagram and praying that it's enough to bring in the sales. And just as importantly, you want to stand out. So here you have it. Today, we're talking about creative marketing strategies. It's a very special episode today. Actually, in the
1: same state and room as Monique Hope. Yes, indeed. We are sitting side by side, getting to experience the lovely hospitality of Danielle and her family of cats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Grace, you're coming to us from Glorious Melbourne today?
2: Yeah, it's freezing here today. And, yes, yeah, seeing you two in the same room, we're on a Zoom chat today and uh, hanging out with cats, a bit jealous, not going to lie. <laughs> I'm sorry, we wish
1: you. <laughs> The one cat per person ratio, so you might have to be where your own cat.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Of course, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how's your weekend going so far, Grace? Been up to much?
2: It's so cold. I haven't been up to much. I've been working a lot this weekend. So like last night I worked a bit late and then today I've got to do some work. And tonight I am going like to a friend's like has been overseas and they're coming back so like a bit of a party for them to come back which is nice. And then Sunday I might I don't know, go to the market, hang out with a friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. not a whole lot of plans. What about you guys? What's going on in Queensland? I'm
1: going to a baby shower today, my first one ever, which I'm pretty psyched about. And then afterwards I'm going to catch some dinner and then meet up with Dan and Paul maybe for a little ski. Oh, Nice News bit. to me. <laughs>
0: I'm so fine with it. Yeah, so I guess my plans are just waiting until that brusky. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so we've got there's a local gig happening today in suburb near us with a couple of friends. Shout out to shout out to Ned and Rose who are avid listeners of the show. So hopefully be able to catch their gig. Squeeze in some work and yeah, creatively market this podcast somehow, perhaps, who knows.
2: (laughs) Awesome. I love our segues. Yeah, so many segues, so little time. Okay,
0: so creative marketing strategies, there are a few out there. Everyone is really getting in that marketing game, but because it is such a, a... Strategy, I guess, that can be super oversaturated and you can see the same things over and over. It's so important to stand out. So we've got a few tips that you at home can play along with and use for your very own startup. So Monique, what would you say is your very first tip for creatively marketing your business?
1: Ooh. I think uh, my first tip comes back to another podcast, which you can listen to of ours, which is about collaborating or co-oping. That's right. So I think in a different way to what we talked about in that podcast, you could use collaborating for a competition. So you've got a new product out and somebody else maybe has a new product out and you could collaborate on a giveaway. It's pretty done. But at the same time, I think, you could find a new kind of clever way of doing it. Like I remember Veganuary, have you guys heard of that? Like (laughs) Vegan January? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember that was that kind of time of year, some vegan sort of based brands um, were piggybacking off that holiday, which is, you know, people always piggyback off holidays, but the way that these brands did it was really unique in that a bunch of like very niche People, so they're vegan enamel pin brands. So very niche. Like I think there was eight of them joined up, and they did an Instagram campaign where you had to. I think it's, it's kind of like tag around a, a wheel sort of thing. Oh, really, I'll tag it in our show notes. But essentially, you had to go and you had to pretty much go and like posts of eight different people but the way they did it was really fun and I'm really shit at explaining it (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what you would
0: call a loop giveaway where you have to yeah go through and like each of the accounts and each of the posts and then follow those to connect with all of the people involved in the giveaway
1: yes what she said (laughs) I liked it and I had seen it done before but I thought the visual they gave of the circle with all the little cute little pins around it was really clever and I got about I pretty much got all the way around the wheel. I ended up just liking some of them and getting distracted and probably like nearly stopping, but yeah. Yeah, amazing. I think as well with giveaways,
0: it's really important to follow up with the people who didn't win because they're warm leads for your business. So whether you're hosting it directly on Instagram and at the end of the competition, all of the unsuccessful entrants, send them a little discount code or freebie or something, Or if you're directing people to a website page, you can retarget them with ads as well. So that's also making sure that it's not just wasted traffic that you never really truly nurture and follow up with. Similarly, if they need to enter their email address to enter the competition to follow up with emails and a sequence, that can be really easy to set up, just automated a sequence and yeah, keep them engaged. Good point.
2: Yeah, I love collaborations with the designers as well. Like when I've got... Like I follow, if you guys do, Frances Cannon is like an illustrated designer and then she collaborated with like this jewelry line that I also follow called Whippy Yippie Art and it's really cool and they made earrings out of it. Like those collaborations can be really beneficial for both businesses as well, as well as like design ones. And they're usually quite low cost if it's something that you're, if you produce already. So if you're an earring manufacturer or seller, you know, it's not going to be a really huge cost or be a new product line for you to just create another earring but have somebody else create the design. Mm. Totally. No, that's a great one. And it is
1: done fairly even mainstream now. Like Gorman does collaborations with certain designers and things like that. But I think that it's a good one for startups. Yeah. Spread the love and yeah, getting piggyback off other people's audience as well. So did you have another hot tip to add onto this,
0: Dan? I sure do. I have a couple, but one that I really like is the lumpy mail marketing strategy, which I think is not used enough. We see a lot of postcards in our mailboxes. We see a lot of just kind of boring stock standard letters, but lumpy mail, uh, giving people a special little gift is just has a real, really big impact, I think, because it's really nice to find something, a surprise within your bills. And especially if you weren't expecting it. So you might, you know, have a wedding ring business. And if your audience is entering their mailing address, but they haven't made a purchase, which I know that must happen oh surely. yeah surely send a little ring sizer in the mail or different things like choose an extra little extension Thing oh, that is so clever. <laughs> or something that I like to do with onboarding and offboarding of my clients, I send them a little pin in the mail with a little postcard with a thanks for you know joining the Reed City Renegades and making people feel really special. Also, I think if your lumpy mail is personalized to them, I've been using a play a company called Manflower Co. lately, and you can buy all these different gift packs on there, add in a personalized card and have it delivered straight to them that way then you don't have to go out and purchase the products go to the post office which is my least favorite thing to do and actually send them out you can get someone else too there's also another platform called thankly which does a similar thing and it's all they handwrite cards for you and put together little gift packs mm-hmm. and i think it just really extends that user experience of your brand especially if
1: people aren't expecting it i think it's kind of cool so nice. Have you guys received any notable lumpy mails? Oh. I, I feel like I
0: haven't. I want one. Mm, totally. I know that a client of mine, I ordered from them once. They are a jewellery brand and they sent me my jewels and then they sent a couple of little like rocks, like special Aww. powerful rocks with a little card that sort of said what those powerful rocks did and also a cute little like canvas bag too, which was kind of cool. But off the top of my head, someone who's gone above and beyond, I can't honestly say. And if you're the same, then imagine how powerful your lumpy
1: mail could be for your ideal customer. Exactly. I actually just thought of one when you were saying that. ages It was probably years ago and I still remember it years later, like probably five plus years ago when I started a different label with a friend and we'd Bought a logo design off Etsy through a girl in America. And we just had that one transaction. But then at Christmas time, she sent me a little card and like said thanks and like put like, I don't know, candy cane or something in it. And I was just like, oh, I'm getting airmail from somebody <laughs> who I did one transaction with. And then it prompted me to go back to her website and have a look what else. And I just wanted to like a little bit have a pen pal. Didn't yeah. hit it off, but I always think of her. And I always think that's so cool that she followed up with that. Totally. I tried to do the same with my own sequential label after that. But the only problem I had was if people change address and they don't receive. Like I just sent out little hair clips to customers that i'd had and i didn't have that many customers so it was quite easy to um, do but yeah some people just didn't receive because addresses which is why i think it's important to yeah maybe keep on top of that mailing list and maybe hit people up before and say i want to send you a gift let me know your
0: address totally and i think as well it's really important to make sure the postability of your lumpy mail i learned that the hard way at christmas time i created read city which was like my special homebrew tea with a Reed Sid tea logo, um, which was really fun and had these beautiful little glass canisters, filled them up with tea, had a little note to go with it. Yeah, don't post glass.
2: Sometimes it doesn't <laughs> no. arrive
0: okay. And if it does, you've spent so much money on bubble wrap. Yeah. And especially when you're sending it to eco-friendly brands, like it doesn't look good. Yeah, yeah so postability I think is important for what you're going to be sending. And also, even if it's not a client or customer of yours, but someone who's like doing something great in their industry and you just want to celebrate them and connect with them, sneakily find out their postal address I usually do this through their website you can sometimes find it or LinkedIn like google my business you can find their address and really surprise them if you have to ask them of course do but it's nice to just sort of show people like hey you just launched this website and I think that's great or I saw you at this event and I really enjoyed it like here is
1: a little gift for you that's so good my boss she actually goes out of her way to send cards and to everybody like if you receive a card from her you are special it's not like she sends to everybody, but and gifts as well and she's very good at that she doesn't second guess herself if she sees something somebody's achieved something great or something has happened for them or to them that she thinks is noteworthy she will reach out straight away with a message and then usually follow up with a card or a gift and just sort of as a way of letting them know she's thinking of them and yeah, I think it's a it's sort of a long game, but at the same time it keeps those you are front of mind in that person's
2: mind for a good reason. Yeah. yeah I totally. think the experience that I've had with it has been really like surprise freebie. So it hasn't been just like a one-off lumpy mail out of the blue, but really like a surprise freebie if I buy something and get a personalized card or a note. Which leads me on to my tip of yeah, surprise freebies, surprise and delight. So surprise freebies. Yeah, as we kind of talked about before, a little personalized note in a gift that you've bought online or even in our other episode, we talk about surprise and delight a lot. So Monique, you talked about in Chip the Teacup, your packaging and the really big bits of confetti you used when customers were buying some clothing, opening it up like that. I really like who gives a crap toilet paper if you guys use it. Yeah, yes. it's really cool. At uh, Christmas time, they tra- changed all their wrapping to be Christmas-like themed, cute toilet paper. But they also gave Christmas cards—a blank Christmas card to a bulk pack that were really unique, similar to the designs that they have on the toilet paper. But that was a really cool, not just you know a personalised thank you note, but a really cool relevant gift at that time that I totally used. Like I didn't buy any Christmas cards; no. they were great. You're
1: using it. Someone else is seeing. I'm assuming they had their
2: branding yeah. on it. Yeah, it was really, I thought that was a really smart one to use. And we talk about in the surprise and delight episode. if it's like a hospitality one, it could be surprising and delighting customers if they're sitting there, maybe haven't decided to order like a sample of that product, maybe trying a new like, I don't know, side dish or chips of salt or something like that. I think as well, definitely in those hospitality
0: establishments, like clever, creative marketing strategies don't have to be super hard. For instance, one of my clients is really close to a TAFE and it's a little bit hidden away, the hospitality establishment, but... They're going to go to their open day and just have like some samples and little vouchers for, you know, a discount for students to say just like, hey, guys, come up here. this We're just up around the corner. It's not really a place you'd walk past, but connecting with those other establishments, I think, is really good because then at least people know where you are, especially if you're location-based and you're giving them something for nothing, which is going to make them like you, more
2: Totally. Yeah, Definitely. And the big one that I really like for, especially if we're thinking about like small creative businesses that don't have a huge marketing fund, it's really hard to, yeah, have, especially when you're like researching creative marketing. A lot of the stuff out there is for really big businesses with really big marketing funds, which is really tough. So it could be in hospitality. It could be in other industries as well. But LTO, so a limited time only offer is a really good one that might not be to increase transaction counts or specific sales but to generate PR so like talkability through the power of like PR big impact and big reach so one that I think of is a big company but it would have been low cost was Boost Juice if you guys saw that they did that Vegemite smoothie so they did this Vegemite smoothie I googled (laughs) it
1: you guys didn't see it I (laughs) like Vegemite, but the idea of Vegemite snooty does make me think.
2: Exactly. So for Booster's, it would have been really low cost. The stores had to literally purchase a jar of Vegemite. So that was really their main cost in it, as well as their like marketing collateral in the stores. I'm not sure what other PR money they spent on it, but I believe that majority of the PR that came from it was organically picked up. And then I Googled it before and Boost Juice was the first thing that came up. But then every other article on Google search down to the bottom, and I didn't go through all the other pages, were PR articles based on this smoothie. So it generated so much talkability and people were, yeah, talking about Boost, feeling like they want a Boost. They were going in there. They probably weren't buying the Vegemite smoothie, let's be honest. But (laughs) it was a really low-cost creative marketing way that they could have lots of PR and generate transactions of other products from it Mm. that I think, yeah, other businesses could do as well. I think, yeah, I really liked that one. That's a creative marketing idea.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an interesting one. And I think it comes back to that shareability of content or kind of the gimmicky factor. Like you always see places with the ginormous burgers, which are just like no one could ever possibly eat it. But you go there just in case someone is eating and you can see. (laughs) Or even personalizing things. So like having a name on a cocktail or Mm -hmm. even having just a small like business card sized Thing with your logo on it and the person's name, like personalising things for people so that they're more likely to share it on your behalf, I think is a really powerful way of
2: marketing yourself without you having to do all the pushing. Yeah, yes. or when you don't have the budget for all the pushing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely think we should, you should, you listeners, listen to, yeah, that collaboration, co-ops and skill sharing episode and the surprise and delight episode because they have some really powerful ideas on creative marketing in those areas that could be really cool. Mm, Totally. And one more that I wanted to touch on for product-based
0: businesses in particular, but service-based businesses could do this too if they have an online portal, is having a secret store. So once someone makes a purchase from you, they could gain access to a store which is password protected, could be to their email address, and it kind of gives them this feeling of exclusivity that they're accessing part of your offerings that not everyone has access to, which could make them feel more special and also make them feel a closer connection to your brand when really all you're doing is putting a password on one of your website pages. So clever. And also, I think another thing of making it personal, I was listening to or watching this series. It's Akashi's business building series. It's called Bricks to Clicks and it's for Mm. Business owners who are location based, like retail stores, and then turning them to go online. Yes. And one of the really successful, they call them millionaire mentors. <laughs> she, in her online store, she personalizes those gated content areas to a person's personality, preferences, style, the kinds of colors, which would of course take so much to set up in the beginning, but I'm sure you could kind of make an algorithm sort of thing within it. Obviously that's a bit bigger scale, but if you are a small scale, even just putting together an interactive PDF with your branding on it with a collection of five items that Mm. you think that this particular
1: person might like when you look back at their previous purchases, that's so lovely. And mm-hmm. you could sort of try and think of scalability, like you could have a few templates for certain sort of p- types of purchases, kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, as you say, the algorithms for if you liked this, you might like this, except for obviously a lot more personal. Mm-hmm. But also in, if you're a startup, that's one of your benefits. You, you maybe don't have as many customers, so the ones you do have just you know, nurture them. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember earlier you were talking to me about shareability of stuff, and I guess it kind of goes back to what Grace was saying about the Vegemite might story. But maybe as a bonus tip, <laughs> <laughs> bonus tip, you could talk to us a bit about this sort of trend in, um, you know, maybe packaging and and things like that that kind of encourages people to share your brand because it just looks fucking awesome or there's something really random about it.
0: Totally. I think that a lot of the time we spend so much time ob- obtaining our customers that once we've got them, their experience isn't extended through to the end of their purchase like mm. cycle. So I think it's really important when you are shipping products to people to have a really nice box. If you're an eco-friendly brand like don't use these little peanut things. What and are they anyway? What even are they? <laughs> it's recyclable bags. Make it a real experience. So... Thank them for their purchase with a little branded card. Let them know a little bit more about the story. I know that you were saying in the surprise and delight that you're going to be telling people about where their plates that they've purchased. were And how they fit into your story and how they're now a part of this new story. People connect with stories so much, which is, I think, a whole other topic. But Mm -hmm. yeah, really extending that experience, sending a follow-up email after Mm -hmm. it's been delivered, just checking in and seeing what did you like? What didn't you like? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time you can get a lot of feedback around what people really liked and it might surprise you yeah even things like having you know your branded tissue paper I know that some brands go so crazy overboard I think they're called koala they're like a pillow embedding yeah. Yes, yep yeah open their box and it sings twinkle twinkle little star
1: to you oh, like what? just so clever there's so much clever stuff happening. but even like on in that way, something simple you could do, which I used to do, is I have had a particular perfume that I would always spray my tissue paper with. So every person who bought something from me, it would always have that smell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if they came to my market stall, I'd also have that spade of my tissue paper there, like smells. Oh, so, wow. yeah, or, like, maybe if you're selling, like... I don't know if he's so like. I feel like Flight Center should do this for us because we just bought a holiday through them. But they <laughs> should send me something in a mail that smells like coconut because I'm going to Thailand. Okay, totally. Like they're not going to do that. But <laughs> if you're listening at Flight Center, <laughs> I want my physical. Tickets, like how, like, you know, it'd be so nice to receive a physical ticket, even if it was just like bumper sized and cute. A hundred percent. And those smells, I think, are related to
0: experiences. Mm -hmm. And you really need to be connecting with people on those experiential levels or emotional levels. Because it's so much more than, you know, a flight. It's your honeymoon. It's your holiday. It's like cocktails on the beach. Like if your brand can extend that to the people buying it. I think that's,
2: yeah, where it gets lost. Like I think if you're thinking about marketing and what you need to do or why your business is doing marketing, you're thinking about what your goals are. Like is it transactions? Is it sales? Like do you need users? That kind of end goal is what you need for your business to be alive. But I think that a lot of them are really forgetting about that user, that customer, like their whole experience, like really being empathetic about how they're feeling, how we can continue to be, keep them engaged, and have such an impactful experience on even something small, like buying, yeah, a piece of clothing or buying toilet paper that has this really long-lasting quality on it. That yeah, is so positive and beneficial, and creates that talkability, and really like brings this awesome customer who's going to be really loyal and come back to you all the time but they're also going to tell their friends about it and generate more customers Mm -hmm. like it's tough to track but really being personalized and focusing on that customer experience has so many benefits
1: yeah and as as you say I think some bigger companies or even smaller ones don't bother with it because it doesn't align with some strategy or it is hard to track like you know going back to I don't know, we have a wine subscription through a brand called Naked Wines and that on their boxes, it's they've got things written about like, oh, like such and such is inside or it, there's like messages to the delivery people, but it's not like, don't break this box. It's like a really nice message or something like that. And it always just, they can't really measure how that makes me feel, I guess, but seeing that it makes me think, oh, they're thinking about the delivery driver. That's really nice. And there, you know, it's it's just that fun thing that it is hard to measure, but it keeps customers coming back and it increases the talkability and the shareability and just makes it a bit more special than just receiving a regular box.
0: Totally, and I think those elements are definitely underestimated because they're not trackable. But it's so important to have that really compelling copy and kind of stepping outside the box so that people sort of can see your brand's personality just by looking at the outside of the box.
1: (laughs) True, so true. And yeah, it is good to have that good copywriter on board who knows your message and your tone of voice, which reads Um, your writing can help you because (laughs) it's hard to come up with the right words. You might be like, this is what I love, this is me, and I want to share it with well, but to be able to put that into a sentence or apply it to a situation like of a box that's delivering your item, it's a little bit harder for the average bear. <laughs>
0: yeah. Totally. And I think if you look to brands like Frank Body, Go To yes. Skincare, they're really slaying and everyone's kinda like, I love what they're doing. But really what they're doing is making people feel good and making their brand human and real. Yes. Which people are Really resonating with, yeah. and there's no reason why you can't do that with your own brand. Totally, obviously not their exact voice, your own voice. Yes, but using them as, I guess, inspiration if that's the sort of angle you're wanting to go to, yeah, give your brand a personality
1: that is identifiable even when your logo's not there. Ooh, we should definitely do a. Episode on tone of voice, so we'll keep a bit of that for later because yes. I'm so intrigued. I want to keep asking questions, but <laughs> I want to swing it right
2: back. Have we covered all our tips today, ladies? Yeah, I think we So, have. so in today's right. episode, we talked about collaborations and giveaways. Then we talked about surprise freebies, surprising and delighting your customers. Third tip was limited time only offers, leveraging on PR. And then the fourth tip was the secret store. Secret store,
1: those gated websites, which we'd love to hear if you guys have one and also let us behind your game. Yeah, give us <laughs> <laughs> And if anyone has done that in a physical sense, that'd be really cool to hear about too. Oh,
0: can you imagine like a Narnia closet? It was <laughs> like you get your receipt in the bag and then it's like, actually, just come back
1: in. <laughs> yeah. But like no-
0: and it's like a big satin curtain and
1: they pull it aside and everything's sparkling oh it it must exist there's gotta be places it's like that unicorn store um movie yeah but except less delusional and actually a real place
2: (laughs) yes please somebody do that do that please and i think we had a fifth bonus tip danielle
1: Yes, the user experience, that was a great bonus tip and I feel like we could just talk for ages on that, so in the future. But for today, we would so love to hear from you, please, 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 literally no one has emailed us yet, so (laughs) you might receive a fucking lumpy ass mail if you email us. And let us know what you thought of the episode. What do you want to hear um, more about? Have you done anything cool um, of these tips we've already mentioned? Or do you have some more juicy tips? Please, please reach out. But more than that, we would love your old subscribe and rating with review, preferably just because we want to share our weirdness with more people. And if you rating us and reviewing us, then we're getting out there in front of more people. And that can't hurt, can it? There's a lot of shit out there and we're, we're adding to it, but in a good way. And <laughs> also, here's a little extra that we've just decided Ooh. on recently. If you do
0: leave us a review, we will write a jig for you. And yes, yeah. it's exactly as it sounds. We will write personalized jig especially for you
1: on the show. Jigging and jagging. Can't <laughs> wait to do that. So please do it. Okay. And the email address again for all those playing at home is hello at readcitywriting.com.au. That is hello at R-E-A-D-C-I-T-Y-W-R-I-T-I-N-G. Yes. 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 No AU. No AU. Just dot <laughs> com. <laughs> Thanks right. everyone. Bye. Bye.